Welcome to Passion Life Church. We are in a series that we have called Heroes. Would somebody say that with me? Would you just say Heroes? And we have been looking at people in the Bible, the great heroes of the Word of God. And what we're doing is we're looking into the lives of the great heroes and what their lives say to us. Can I just tell you one thing I've always learned is that not just to look up to people, but to look into their lives. What is it about them that they knew that made their life great? What is it about them and the knowledge that they had that got them through to a place? Because what we're going to find is that these people are ordinary people. And some of them, it was one decision in their life that catapulted them, that propelled them into greatness. Last week, we looked at an amazing young lady named Esther. And ladies, I am, I'm just telling you, I'm being strategic because I want to put some ladies, because we have some amazing heroes in the word of God that are female. Can I hear a good Good, amen. amen. And just not looking at, you know, as we look through the biblical accounts, but I also believe that in today, in this room, there are heroes today. There are some of you that serve in the military. There are some of you today that are moms, dads. You are an amazing hero. I believe you're all a hero to somebody. There's one person who you are influencing. There's one person that you are, are uh, affecting in your life. But you know, our world, can we agree, needs more heroes. And so I'm hoping that this will help you, train you, and just get you excited. And hopefully you'll find that you're going to relate to some of these people. And uh, today we're going to look into the amazing life of Joseph. Everybody say Joseph. I'm going to give you a little history, and then we're going to look at some of the things in his life. I'm just going to ask for maybe about five more minutes today. I know we took some time, but I don't want to rush this message, but I want you to get everything uh, that, I, that we can get out of it. How many of you say, Pastor Phil, I'll give you five more minutes today than the regular five more? Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. All right, 30 more minutes. All right, good. I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. Today we look into the amazing life of Joseph, and Joseph's story, it actually takes up a lot of the book of Genesis, and we're just going to look at highlights, but Joseph is the 11th born son of eventually 12 sons. How many of you know that's the original Brady Bunch right there? Uh, that's a lot of kids, and if you know anything about his lineage, Jacob is the grandson of Abraham. We're going to look at Abraham. I won't tell you what week, but we're going to look at him, and Abraham, because he's the father of our faith, and Abraham had this promised son. Anybody know what his promised son was named? Isaac, Isaac, and then Isaac had a son, was named Jacob, and Jacob had Joseph. At the time that Joseph had his dream, he was the baby of the family. Now, for those of us in this room who are the baby of the family, we know the baby of the family. They get babied a lot. They get favor a lot. And that was Joseph's life. He had so much favor by his father that his father actually made a coat of many colors and put it on Joseph. But the other brothers did not get a coat. So at Christmas morning, they're all opening up their gifts. And what did I get? What did you get? And Joseph brings out this new Dolce and Gabbana. Come on, somebody. Striped coat. And all the brothers are like, we didn't get one. We didn't get one. But this coat represented the favor that his father had for him. And do you know that a lot of times you're going to find out in your life, even with you, favor isn't fair. 
because he had favor with his father, just like you have with your father. And people will look at your life and wonder why your life is getting better, why God is moving in your life. It's because we are children of God and we have God's favor. Do you know that when you receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, Isaiah 61.10 tells this, that God dresses us with the robe. I love this because Isaiah 61 10 says he has dressed me in the clothes of righteousness he has wrapped me with the robe of righteousness and so just like Joseph gets wrapped with this coat of many colors and it represents favor God has put a coat on you can I just give you a, a, a good uh, encouragement today many people are going to try to strip that coat from you just like they did with Joseph they took that coat out of off of him but the cool thing is is that Joseph Joseph was a guy who had a dream and his brothers could strip the coat off of his back, but they couldn't strip the dream from his heart. And so there are going to be people that are going to try to reduce you. And you probably experience at work. You're at work. You, they know you're a Christian, but they, they start talking smack about you and they say, oh, come on. You're not all that. Look, you messed up. You, and that's them trying to rip that coat from you and God puts that coat on you and that's what he does and this uh, this coat was given to Joseph and when it was given to Joseph it caused some sibling rivalry I'm talking about they hated Joseph and Joseph is known for his dream the dreams that he had Joseph had some dreams and God had spoken to Joseph but I think you will find and we're going to look that the unfortunate part of Joseph's life is that he knew God spoke to him but it would take about 23 years for 23 years his life would take a total turn in some things that he didn't expect how many of you had some things in your life that you just didn't expect to happen maybe some of those are your children come on somebody surprise surprise my sister she had twins they just wanted one but God blessed them with double trouble come on somebody and I believe if I were to tell you that this message, what is it about this message? Why is it so important? I think that this message is dedicated to every person in this room and listening to the sound of my voice on this podcast, that your life isn't going the way you believed or you planned it, or your life is not going the way you believe God planned it. And maybe you're here and this message is for every person who feels like, hey, you know, it's just been hard. And I feel like giving up. I feel like giving up on my job. I feel like giving up maybe even relationally with some people. Maybe that's your marriage today. You're just, I mean, you're just at wit's end. You're just tired. And I think Joseph would come alongside us today and he would say, don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your dreams. I personally love talking about dreams. I have a whole message on dreams from Joseph's life, but today I'm not going to focus so much on his dream. I'm going to focus today on the not giving up part because I think that's, that's what God has put on my heart because have you ever had those moments when you feel like giving up? Can I see your hand in this place? We all had those moments. And you may say, Pastor Phil, oh, come on. I can't believe I came to church today. I am not in these moments right now. Well, can I just tell you something real positive? You need to take some notes because those moments will come. Come on, Pastor Phil, be positive. I am being positive. 
because we all have these moments. And if you'll write some notes down today, it will help you when these moments come. Did you find Genesis chapter 37, verse five? Joseph has a dream. Let's read. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. What did that mean? They already hated him. <laughs> then he tells them that he has a dream and they hated him all the more. And he said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. So the Bible says that the brothers hated Joseph to the point that they tried to kill him. Now, I have some family and we all can we just be honest do we all have that one or two weird family member? Do we just all have that? Or is it just me and my family? Do, do we all, come on, can I just see your hand? Now, if you're not raising your hand, then I'm concerned that you may be that weird member in your family. I feel a little concerned. It's good we have ushers today. But we all have, and I have family drama. We, we all, everybody have family drama? Come on, let me see, you have family drama? But none of them tried to kill me that I know of. And Joseph's brother hated him and tried to kill him. They came up with a plot. The Bible says they, cons they conspired. How can we get rid of Joseph? And so jo the, the brothers are working out in the field. And Joseph, he comes out and he goes out to meet them. And so the, ver the, the, the story picks up in verse 19. It says, here's the brothers. They're talking about him. Any of your family members talk about you? Come on, somebody. And the brothers were working out in the field. Joseph goes out to meet them. And they see him from afar. And here it goes. It picks up in verse 19. Here comes that dreamer. They said to each other, come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns, which is a pit, and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Now they're going to lie on him. It's one thing to kill somebody. And then they're going to lie on him. Then we will see what comes of his dreams. I want you to listen to this. Their goal was to kill him so they could kill the dream. The goal was to kill him because they wanted to kill the dream. We need to know as people of God, there are people in the world that want to kill the dream that is in you. God has placed a dream in you. How can you say that, Pastor Phil? The Bible tells me that without a vision, a vision to me is something that you could see during the day. God can show you something during the day. But God is so amazing that as we sleep and our body goes into rest, do you know that God can still speak to you while you sleep through a dream? He's so amazing. As your body shuts down, he can still give you a preview of your destiny. To me, that's what a dream is. A dream is a preview of your destiny. And that's what God does. My wife knows if we ever go to the movies and we just went to see Finding Dory, come on, let's keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Let's keep swimming, swimming. Let's keep dreaming, dreaming, dreaming. And I will not go to the movie if we miss the previews. I hate missing it because I want to see what's coming up. And that's what a preview does. A preview shows a glimpse. Now, some previews are not good because they show you the whole movie, and that is not fun. Those are not good. But, oh, it just gets you enough to get you excited. That's what God does. And so Joseph has a dream, and his brother tries to kill the dream. And so here's a young man who heard from God. Now, he probably shouldn't have communicated that to his brothers because they hated him. But you know what? I think it's important that he did because the dream was about them. The dream was for them. But from the moment of the dream, it took 23 years to see that come to pass. 
And I think there's four things that we can learn from Joseph's life. And I think Joseph would tell us today that, hey, listen, don't give up on your dream, even if you didn't start well. Even if you didn't start well. You know, a lot of us in this room have stories that didn't start out well. I know some of your testimonies in this room, and I love hearing testimonies because you see the grace of God in people's lives. Today, I'm a young man who, at the age of 17, denied God. I was atheist and just said, my dad was a pastor. And uh, man, God, my mom just always prayed, God, show yourself to my son. But you know what? I didn't have a good start. But if you look in the Bible, how many messed up people God used? Man, he uses, there was prostitutes in the Bible. I guess that's the theme word today because Bobby used it during worship. But you know, I mean, man, there was prostitutes in the Bible. There was murderers. Moses killed a man and God took a murderer and made him into a missionary. Come on, somebody. That's only his power can do that. And he takes a guy by the name of Paul. Man, Paul, he was the one that gave the execution for Christians. He was the one that gave the execution for Stephen to be killed. Paul, God used. But see, here's what happens, is instead of um, defining our lives by the potential that God has before us, we, do, we keep looking in the rearview mirror. See, I sat where you sat, and I said, I would never be a pastor. Huh. Tell God that. Tell God you'll never do something. And you know what? By his power, he can make the great, greatest change. And in God, and honestly, in God's mind, you're destined, you're, your yesterday is gone. See, it's not just forgiven. Here's what we think. Well, God forgives. He does forgive you. But in Hebrews chapter 12, it says he remembers your sin no more. So here you are thinking about something that's already forgiven. You are reminding God of your sin when the Bible says he's already forgotten it. The Bible says he's forgotten it. It's done. But here we keep rehearsing it in our mind. And the enemy wants to come to you and remind you of your bad beginning. Who are you? Look at you lifting your hands up. Look at you holding hands all across America in Passion Life Church praying for somebody. Come on. You know, you know who you are. It's like that guy that walked into a hardware store and the owner had a parrot on a little stand and the guy walks in and the parrot goes, hey, the guy says, me? The parrot says, come over here. The guy walks over to the parrot. He says, what? The parrot says, you're the ugliest person I've ever seen. And the guy was so insulting and he went over to the owner and he says, your parrot just insulted me. He said, I was the ugliest person he's ever seen. The owner goes over there, the parrot slaps him upside the beak, says, don't talk to my customers like that. A week and a half later, the guy comes back in, walks in, he sees the parrot, the parrot sees him and says, hey, come over here. The guy says, what? And the parrot says, you know. That's what the enemy does. He comes to your, some of you get it out as you listen to the podcast, but enemy comes and he goes, you know what? You know, you know. First Timothy chapter one, verse 12, Paul, this guy is writing who God changed, wrote two thirds of the New Testament. Paul says this, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength and considered me Faithful, You know, this is what Paul was saying. God saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. 
Isn't that amazing? Even when I was unfaithful, God saw a faithfulness. And he says, God considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. God took Paul's life, who had not so good beginning, and used him to be one of the greatest apostles. That's the power of God. And Joseph would tell us today, don't give up. I didn't start well. I had a lot of problems with my brothers, but don't give up even if you don't start well. I think Joseph would tell us too, his life speaks. Number two, don't give up even if the closest people don't support you. Don't give up even if those who are closest to you don't support you. You know, um, I have an amazing pastor and person in my life and you know, he's just one of these guys that he always comes out on top, no matter of the situation. I mean, I just, he's probably 60, uh, maybe 65, 67. I'm sorry, pastor, if you're listening to this, I know you probably want me to say I'm, you're 55, you're 55. And, um, he was speaking at Hillsong today in all of their services. And, uh, but today, you know, he, he, a lot of his pictures on Facebook and there's a lot of rah, rah moments. But what people didn't know was about three and a half years ago, his wife passed away from cancer. In the middle of a mega church, I think they, they have 20,000 people that come on a weekend, uh, every weekend. They're starting another campus on the west side of, of El Paso. In the middle of everything that's happening, his wife was diagnosed with cancer, stage four, and passed away. And I tell you, the church was just heartbroken, but there was a concern about him. Like, what is he gonna do? And what's amazing to me is that he always thought in the journey there would be his wife with him in that journey. And they're doing amazing things. But he got up before the congregation, told the congregation that, hey, I need to be in the house of God. And he says, I'm going to be here because this is where I find my replenish. And he said, I'm going to preach and I'm going to make the devil mad that he ever attacked our lives. And today he is flourishing and he just announced that he's going to be remarrying, which is absolutely amazing. And what I'm saying is I look at his life and he could have gave up. He had every excuse to give up. He could have retired and just, but he didn't do that. And I came to tell you today and Joseph would tell you that when you are going to fulfill the dream that God has for you, it may not be the people standing there supporting you that you think are going to be there. And if that is going to be what moves you forward, you're going to want to give up. And David's own brothers didn't even support him. And there's going to be times in life where people are going to be negative towards you. And I'll tell you what, they're going to reject you and it's not going to be easy. Do you know that there's an exhaustion that comes with rejection sometimes? Rejection discourages a lot of people. There was a lot of people that started with us with our church in the beginning. And I thank God that I'm a part of an amazing pastor network that told us up front, listen, people are going to start with you, but they're not going to finish with you. Some are going to move. Some are just going to leave. Some are just starters. Some are not finishers, but you just need to know that some are scaffolding people. They come in and they scaffold. Once it's built, they go on to build other things. And I wish it wasn't that way. I wish I could have brought every person along with us, but how many of you know, it doesn't work that way. 
And so I knew this principle that you can't give up even when those people that are closest to you reject you. And can I just say this? Jesus was rejected. Even his own town, he was rejected. People didn't support him. Mark chapter six, verse three and four. You can just jot this down. It says, isn't this the carpenter? Jesus is coming home. Isn't this Mary's son? This is Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, only in his hometown among his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honor. You know what the tragedy of this story is? Because they rejected Jesus, they didn't get what Jesus had to offer them because they couldn't support him because to them he was Isn't that Joseph's boy? That's the son of God. No, I know him. Look at his brothers and sisters here. Come on. And the Bible says that he couldn't even do many mighty miracles because of that. You know, the Bible talks about David. David, his own brothers didn't like him. And you know what I love about that, though, is that the Bible says Samuel anointed David right in the middle of his brothers. All the haters, all the ones that didn't like him, saw what God was doing in his life because God anointed him right in the middle of his brothers. Joseph, his brothers hated him. He was having family drama. I want you to hear this. Right in the middle of the drama, God plants a dream in Joseph's life. In the middle of the drama, in the middle of chaos, God speaks. to to Joseph. And I'm telling you, that's what God can do. So in the drama of your life and things, be aware, God can still speak to you. He wants you to know that he has a plan for your life. But Joseph's own brother reject him and they throw him into a pit and then they decide to sell him. They put him on Craigslist. Got this guy, brown hair, funky colored jacket. Best offer. First human trafficking we see, they throw him in a pit and they get him and they sell him. And I think Joseph's life would tell us this. Here's the third thing. Don't quit, even if your journey is full of surprises. Do you know, my job as a pastor is to help you navigate this Christian life. And today I want to tell you a couple things. Number one, the Christian life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. It is a process. Yes, we get saved. All of that is instant. Praise God. But let me just say this. When God gives you a word or gives you a dream, it never usually goes from point A to point B. There's a lot of zigzags in there. How many of you have ever experienced that? There's a lot of surprises. There's a lot of things that happen along the way that you weren't expecting. You weren't expecting this. You weren't expecting that. And Joseph would say this. Don't give up. Even if you feel like you're getting further away. Have you ever felt that? Like you're getting further further away from what God said to do, he would say, don't give up. So here's what I want to do. I want to look at 11 events real quick of Joseph's life. 11 events, right? The first one is he's misunderstood by his family, right? Number two, here's another event. He's sold into slavery to Potiphar. This guy Potiphar lives in Egypt. He's a captain of the guard in Egypt. He gets sold there, right? So number three, now he's living in a strange country, just like Esther we talked about last week, right? And then number four, I love this. Here's that favor. It's interesting. The brothers take off that coat, but God's favor was still there. He's at Potiphar's house. And what happens? Potiphar puts him over all of 
the household as a slave. That's pretty amazing. And then number five, here's another event. Potiphar's wife starts hitting on Joseph. And the Bible says every day he came, she came and said, hey, let's, let's lie together. How many of you know she wasn't talking about taking a nap? Right. And, you know, some people say, well, you know, Joseph was tempted, but she probably wasn't ugly. No, she was probably ugly. You know what? The women in Egypt at that time were the most beautiful women in the world. And she came and she said, let's lie together. Let's lie. How many of you know that love doesn't have to have 50 shades of gray? Come on, somebody. And she accuses Joseph of rape. And she, he runs out of the room and she grabs that coat. Something about his coat grabs the coat. And then she tells Potiphar that he tried to rape me. Now, Potiphar didn't really believe it. And I'm going to tell you why. Because Joseph's going to go to prison. If Potiphar really believed that Joseph raped his wife, the penalty was death. So he would have been killed, but he wasn't. So he was put in prison. Number six, sixth event of his life. He's thrown into prison, right? He's thrown into prison for what? For having integrity and doing what's right. So don't be surprised when you do what's right. Sometimes things go wrong. Can I hear a good amen? And then it, he put, gets put in charge of all the prisoners. Man, God's favor is there. And then the cupbearer has a dream. He interprets that dream, right? He tells the cupbearer, hey, when you get out of here, please remember me. The cupbearer forgets about Joseph. And then Joseph is in prison for two more years. That's a long time. Then number 10, here's the 10th event of his life. Finally, Pharaoh has a dream. The cupbearer remembers, oh, there's this guy. Guy. He interpreted my dreams. You know what, Pharaoh? He will interpret your dream. Pharaoh's dream was linked to Joseph's dream. And that dream for Joseph would take care of his own and his whole family. And so he's put in charge of all the prisoners. He's forgotten by the cupbearer. And then he remained for two more years. He interprets Pharaoh's dream. And then Joseph becomes the second in command. Now, here's what I want to do. I'm going to go back through these events. And here's what I want you to do. I'm going to read. We're going to go back to number one, guys. If you'll just go back to number one, the first event. I'm going to read this event. And as I read the event, I want you to yell out one of two things. I want you to yell out, give up, or I want you to yell out, go on, depending on the statement that I read. Can we do that? Just yell it out. So here's the first event. Misunderstood by his family. Good. Sold into slavery to Potiphar. All right. Number three, in a strange country from his home. Give up. That's three. Let's go to the next one. Number four, given favor in Potiphar's house. Go on. There you go. Come on. That's a go on moment. Come on. Everybody say, go on. You're a little slow, but I'll wait for you because I love you. Number five, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Give up moment. Number six, thrown into prison. Number seven, put in charge of all the prisoners. Go on moment. Number eight, forgotten by the chief cupbearer. Give up. Number nine, remained in prison for two years. All right. Number 10, interpreted Pharaoh's dream. And then the last one, became second in charge of Egypt. Come on. Come on. Pastor Phil, why would you do that? Because your life and my life is going to look a little bit like that at times. You're going to have give up moments and you're going to have go on moments. And the question is, what are you going to do in the give up moments? And in Joseph's life, I want you to hear this. 
the give up moments were twice as many as the go on moments. The give up moments were twice as many as the go on moments. And Joseph would say, don't give up just because your journey is full of surprises. And you know, I gotta tell you, there's gonna be surprises along the way. Pastor Phil, how do you get through this? How do you, how do, you do it? There's one thing that from Joseph's story always gets in my heart. And I wanna read you just two things. You don't have to turn there for the sake of time. What did Joseph know? Joseph knew this. He knew that God was with him. He knew that the favor of God was with him. How do you know that? I want you to listen to this. This is so important. Joseph was sold into slavery. My church family, when they sold you into slavery, they stripped all of your clothes, put you in a line, totally naked. Can we say naked in church? Because I just said it. And they're naked. And their people are buying them naked. And this is where this scripture in Genesis 39, 1 and 2, you can write it down. It says, now Joseph was taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites and had taken him down there. Verse 2, listen to this. And the Lord was with Joseph. Now, these words are going to blow your mind. And he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master. He's standing there as a slave, naked, with no possessions. And the Bible says the Lord was with him and he was a successful man. That's not how we define success. We define success by possessions. I'm not against possessions, but what I will tell you about possessions, they can come and go. But what will make you a success is knowing that God is with you. And he was a prosperous man, even in the, look at this one, Genesis chapter 39, verse 21. Just write it down. He's in prison and the Lord was with him. Verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Here's what we do. We're going through a prison moment in our life and what do we do? We doubt the presence of God. We doubt his favor. Why? Because we're in a prison. Well, Joseph would tell you, you better not give up because I was in the prison and in the prison people still saw the favor of God and in the favor of God, I got put in charge of all the prison. But you can't give up. You can't put a puss on your face. Oh, where's God? He's right there with you. He's right there with you. And I want to remind us today that even if it seems like we're heading in the wrong place, this scripture, Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says this, and we know, we know, do you know, do we know, and we know all things that God is working for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. All the stuff in your past, right? God is working together for good. He takes the good out of it and makes something great. But don't get stuck in the prison. You may be in a prison financially right now. Where is God? He's right there with you. And you know what? Know that his favor is with you. And here's the last thing. Number four, Joseph would tell us, don't give up on your dream, even if it takes a long time to realize it. Two years in prison, Joseph was. I've never spent time in prison. I can only imagine two or three days in two years, my church family. And here we are, God, I'm praying, and it's been three days, and I don't hear anything from you. And I'm in a prison moment in my life, God, where are you? Two years. And he didn't give up. 
two years. And now Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dream and he's a second in command. And you know what? He prophesies to, to uh, Pharaoh. He says, look, there's gonna be years of famine and then there's gonna be years of good. So we need to store up right now for this. Other nations are gonna come and buy grain from us. And you know what's interesting is that that is a real, that's the fun part. That's the rah-rah moment, man. I'm in front of Pharaoh. He's standing there. But you know what? What do you do when you're in the prison and you have to clean up the slop of a prisoner you're in charge of? Man, that's definitely not a go on moment. That's a give up moment. But you know what? When you know God is with you, it doesn't matter. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. Let's give God a good round of applause today because he's with us. Here's Joseph's closing words to us. I think he would tell us two things. Habakkuk chapter two, verse three in the living Bible says, this is probably not a verse you would put on your refrigerator. Probably not one of those because it says this, these things I plan won't happen right away, but slowly, steadily, surely, slowly, steadily, surely. God is a patient God. That's why he puts patience as a fruit of the spirit inside of you so it can work. In those. Now, can he do it now? Absolutely, he can. But listen to this. It says that it won't happen right away slowly steadily surely the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled and you know what though it seems slow it seems really slow do not despair do not despair don't quit for these things will surely come to pass just be patient they will not be one single day overdue that's God's promise. And I want to close because I still have three and a half more minutes that you gave me. I'm counting. I know I'm, I have the clock because this is where it comes down to. He's, these are Joseph's final words. There's two of them that I think he would give us these words of encouragement. He'd say along this journey, number one, focus on what's happening in you, not to you. This is not just about the dream. It's not just about the destination. It's about the journey. It's about what you're learning in the journey. What are you learning in the journey to get you to the destination? Some people are so focused on the destination that they're not looking at what God's doing in them. And here's what God does in us. God works character in our lives to get us to the place of the dream. That when we stand in the place where God has for us, that we are ready to fulfill the dream. And so God, Joseph would say, hey, listen, focus on what's happening in you. James chapter one, verse two and three says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you fall into or face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith is developing your patience. We need patience. How do we receive the promises of God? The Bible says by faith and patience, patience, and it's patience that will determine whether you step and fulfill the dream or you don't. Patience will determine whether you step into that dream. I've watched people give up way too soon, way too soon, way too soon. You know what you're gonna need? Patience, enjoy the journey. Take a moment, enjoy your family, enjoy today because the dream will come. Pastor Phil, how it's gonna come? Slowly, steadily, 
surely, slowly, steadily, surely. You're going to need patience. Jesus prepared 30 years for three years of ministry. I'm ready. 30 years for three years of ministry. Patience. And Joseph would say, focus on what's happening in you. Stop blaming everybody else, but what's happening in you. And here's his last closing words. Your response to offense will determine your future. What an incredible story. The dream comes to pass. Joseph's there in Egypt. All his brothers come. There's a famine in the land. And just like the dream said, all his brothers come. But the cool thing is they don't recognize Joseph. He's dressed Egyptian, probably has his Johnny Depp makeup on. How many you know what I'm talking about? And he's, he's standing, they don't recognize him. He's older. He's probably about 23 years older than he was. And they come looking for grain and they see Joseph. Do you know that with a snap of Joseph's finger, he could have had them killed? Joseph could have said, those are my brothers, what they did to me. And, you know, and he could have wiped them off the face of the earth because he was the second in command in Egypt, but he didn't do it. And I'm going to tell you, Joseph stands as a representation of Jesus. You see Jesus, so many types and shadows in the Old Testament, and he stands as a provider to his brothers. And I'm going to tell you today, a lot of people, I want you to hear this, get derailed from their dream because they're offended at something. I've watched it over and over and over again. They get offended and they walk out of the dream that God has for them. And you know what? Joseph's brothers come to him. And this is what he says. Listen to this, these words, Genesis 50 verse 20 as we close. Joseph tells his brothers, what you intended to harm me, God intended it for good. All along, all the things that you were doing were actually propelling me to the dream that God has for me. I want to end with saying this, my church family. Don't make fun of other people's dreams. Joseph's brothers made fun and really didn't like Joseph. They thought what they thought about him and they came to kill his dreams. And I'm gonna tell you why we don't make fun of other people's dreams. The dream that Joseph had was for his brothers. That dream was for them. Joseph's dream saved his whole family. Your dreams and my dreams are bigger than just you and me. Your dreams and my dreams are for other people. God always gives us a dream, not just for us, but your dream has saving power and I want to say this, and then I'm going to pray. When God gives you a dream, it's not just for you, but you need to know this. There are other people waiting on your dream. Joseph's brothers were waiting on the fulfillment of that dream, and they didn't even know it. It's pretty interesting. When me and my wife moved out here to Marietta, we didn't know one person. But I knew this, that if God gave us a vision and God gave us a dream, that there would be people who would be waiting on us to start this church. And so, you know what? I had to make sure that I was doing okay, that I had to look inside myself and know what God is doing in me. And steadily and surely, steadily and surely and slowly, God will bring the dream to pass. Would you bow your heads right where you are? Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information on Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com 